In the New Testament, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, Jesus said how our faith must become like that of a child if we're going to enter God's kingdom. I love that. And pointing your kids to Christ is one of the greatest privileges of being a parent. I'm John Fuller, along with my friend and focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, if you can go back a number of years, what what age were your kids were when they started asking questions about God? Yeah, it was early. It was it was, and really it was modeled after what how we were engaging with God when we were praying. They would ask, "Well, what does Jesus look like?" And uh, how well, does God listen to Here our prayers? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We took a picture the other day, <laughs> um, and it started early. I think it was three, four, five in that range. I remember God speaking to me through my son at four uh, in, in multiple ways. And, and so I know that God uses those early years to speak to us and to be able to relate more closely with, with God. But yeah, kids start asking early and the, the questions get harder as and, you go. And the questions aren't a mark of they don't believe or they're going to be doubters, or they're not going to follow the faith. It's just a natural part of life. It's a curiosity, and we shouldn't be threatened by that. Let's go ahead and hear now from Natasha Crane. She talked with Jim Daly and me about how she's learned to share her faith with her children. Natasha, it's great to have you back here at Focus. Hey, thank you so much. It's great to be back. You haven't always been, I guess, uh, a formal Christian apologist, but I like the concept that parents need to become that so that they can pass their faith on to their, to their children. But it sounds intimidating. So how, did, how and when, I guess, did you realize I don't have enough in the tank to really share with my own children? Well, this was the day where I look back and that was the aha moment for me of, I don't know what I'm doing as a parent. And I think we all have those moments at various times in our parenting. But for me, it's like this this picture in my mind of them lying on this little blanket in our living room. <laughs> I and, remember those days. Yes, exactly. And so these two little four-month-old babies, they're looking up at me and their eyes are kind of expectantly searching mine as if they're waiting for something. So I go through this mental checklist and I'm thinking, okay, is it time to eat? No. Time to sleep? No. I just changed our diapers. Well, what do you need from me then? And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks that, okay, of course, parenting is about so much more than taking care of their physical needs. But until that time, those first four months, that's really what most of it was. And I kind of thrived in that zone. I liked it. it was my controlled home environment. I'm a type A, take charge kind of person. And so I liked that it was predictable and that I could just come up with these schedules. You're going to eat here. You're going to sleep here. It was, it was very comfortable to me. That was only four months? That, that was only four months, yes. <laughs> I thought, you know, that, that kind of thing lasted until they started walking, basically. Then it's like, don't touch that put that down. Yes, it happens at different times, of course. But for me, that was the moment where I really went, okay, now yeah. what? I, I don't know what to do. And What was that feeling? It was almost like you were out of your element. Absolutely. I was out of they my element. They don't need you right now. They're okay. And that's pretty young at four months to have that feeling crush through your head. That, you know, yeah, there's it, nothing I need to give them right now. Right, exactly. And it kind of goes to that saying, you know, they're not just supposed to be surviving. I have to help them thrive now. And what does that look like? What does that mean for me as a parent? And it mm. wasn't always going to be so objective as this is when they need to yeah. eat and sleep, right? There were a lot of decisions I was going to have to make. Well, tired moms, it's hard, you know, they're listening. It's hard to really express that it actually is going to get more difficult. 
Yeah, don't this say is that. The easy That's a secret. Don't when say you're that. Changing diapers and <laughs> exactly. feeding them and burping them at two in the morning. Uh, this is the easy time. Enjoy it. No. That's right. You had an experience, and I love this. It actually started a conversation as we were looking at the book and the show prep and all that amongst the team here. Your swim instruction experience, and we all started sharing ours. I'm sure the listeners would do that. Come and share your. Uh, experience teaching your kids how to swim. But what happened? This is so cute. Uh, what happened when you were trying to teach your four-year-olds uh, how to swim? Yeah, so when uh, when my twins were four, we went on a family vacation. And so we took the opportunity to take them down to the swimming pool and, of course, try to get them to learn how to swim. So I'm Starfish. working with my son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm working with my son, and I keep telling him, okay, now hold your breath and go underwater and kind of swim to me. And he was getting the mechanics of it. He was moving his arms and his legs and everything. But every time he would come up out of the water, he's choking, and water is coming out of his mouth and his nose, and he's crying. And this goes on for a couple of days, and I'm getting more and more frustrated, as I know all parents can understand understand when they're trying to teach their kids how to swim. And that was another light bulb moment for me because after having told him so many times, hold your breath, I finally looked at him and said, wait a second, buddy, do you know what it means to hold your breath? And he burst into tears and he said, no, I don't know what it means. What does breath mean? (laughs) It is so awesome. It's like so basic. Oh, it's so basic, right? But we we use words all the time without thinking that, you know, our kids don't know what they mean. And and of course, when they're young, that happens a lot more because they're learning vocabulary and things like that. But I think the principle applies so much as kids get older and we use a lot of words, especially when it comes to faith, that we assume come loaded with this meaning that we know about, but that they haven't really understood yet. So, you know, words like Christianity and faith and salvation, all these things, they don't necessarily get it at the same level. What a beautiful way to express that. You know, that some kids, depending upon their age, seven, eight, nine years old, when you say certain things, the Christian ease things. Yes. They're not necessarily going to know what you're talking about. No, mommy, what is breath? Exactly. <laughs> How do I hold it? Right. And we I can't can just, just see assume a four-year-old it. Saying that. And you feel horrible as a parent, right? Yeah. I've been putting my kid through this for two days where he's coming up choking and it's They're all because drowning of him. Him all okay, because. I know. I can't believe you okay, did now that. Now you're making it worse. <laughs> I can remember saying to Trent or Troy, one of them, come on, just hold your breath. Put your head underwater. Come on, we can do this. Right. I was getting frustrated too. Did you have that Never. frustrated? Never. Oh, no. Just yeah. five or six times. <laughs> It's just one of the funniest things to teach your kid how to swim. Danny, I think a lot of parents are relating to something Natasha observed about um, taking for granted those questions our kids asked and maybe even just explaining them away. Uh, Don't ask me now. So give us some guidelines on sharing our faith in age-appropriate ways when our kids are asking questions. From an early age, you can start to pray with your kids, uh, imagine what it's like to have a Heavenly Father. Kids early on are very imaginative, and they can use their imagination to begin to connect with God. And the rational side of the brain uh, begins to develop, you know, at that three, four, five, six, and continues to develop, and they begin to start asking more difficult questions, like, who created God? And uh, how do we know that Jesus was real, and he died on the cross and rose again? And how do we know... um, how do, you, how do we know he's coming back? And uh, how do we know the Bible's only book? And all these questions that we get along the way, their information is starting to grow and questions are coming their way. They start to ask those. I like to ask my kids at each age and stage, hey, look around. Where do you see God? Where do you see miraculous things? How do we know how that plant grows? 
who who designed that? And then who designed all these different flowers? That looks really creative how those work together. And then a sunset. How does how does that work? And then how were mountains created? And kind of try to ask those questions to help kids engage with the why. How did this happen? Show them it's okay to ask questions. Yeah, it's okay to ask questions and then to ponder. Mm-hmm. We weren't there, and we we didn't design these seasons and. Uh, we know the sun's going to rise the next morning. We don't have to worry about that. And it's going to sun. It, the sun is going to set, and we can trust that. We we have oxygen to breathe, and we don't have to even think about that. So many things we don't have to think about that God has created in in pondering that. And I do ask now with my teenagers as we're going to church. Hey, where did you guys see God this week? Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice Him? How do you know that was God? Did, did you hear maybe speaking to you through other people or in your quiet time? And it's not a place of accountability. Hey, did you do your quiet time? It's more, hey, let's stop and notice. And then I'll talk about moments where, where I noticed that. And then after the service, we talk about what do you think God was talking to you about through the message today? What, what stood out to you? How did you feel it interacting with your soul? Yeah. Because we need Jesus. And so a lot of it's modeled by us. And then at each age and stage, you'll see some kids that are much more curious and will ask you questions. And there'll be some kids that you have to draw out from Mm -hmm. through your questions. So personality makes a difference. And then at each age and stage, make sure you're praying with them and uh, showing that you're engaging with God's Word, but then also looking around for where God is at. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And uh, at our website, we have a terrific article for follow-up. It's called 10 Tips for Having Deeper Faith Conversations with Your Kids. Lots of practical advice. It's a pretty short read. We're going to link over to that in the episode notes, so check that out. And then to find out more about Natasha's book, uh, hit the website. We've got copies of the book, Keeping Your Kids on God's Side, now, there's no ironclad guarantee here, but there are some things you can do to, as Danny was saying, foster curiosity and a hunger and thirst for God. Um, get a copy of Natasha's book when you make a donation of any amount to the ministry. Uh, make a one-time gift, or if you can, please, a monthly pledge of even 5 or $10. That helps us throughout the year just kind of even out the budget. And John... One thing that we have is our livid challenges. Mm-hmm. I just want to make yes. people aware of that, yes, right? Yes, that's for and an that's ongoing a, conversation. That's a monthly livid challenge you can do with your kids to focus in on your faith formation as a family. That's at bringyourbible.org slash livid. We'll have that in the notes. Yeah, we've got, uh, if you can't tell, we've got lots of great resources for you. So uh, hit the website, make a donation if you can, and uh, then plan to be with us next time as Natasha is back talking about two very common questions that kids ask about faith. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.